What's up, guys? Welcome to Cup Podcast with your host, Matt Sartrick, and myself, Peter Fendero. Hitting you with another COVID special, COVID-11, I believe. COVID-11 or 12, numbers get mixed up. You know, when you do, you know, tens and tens of episodes like we do, you know, 12, is it 12 or is it 95? I don't even know. It might be 195. But thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on YouTube. Like us on YouTube, comment on YouTube, like us on Instagram, like us everywhere. Twitch, Patreon, coming eventually. It's coming soon, eventually. Live streaming coming soon, maybe within a few weeks. Uh, but yeah, a lot of stuff coming out, a lot of new stuff. And as I said, guys, eventually going to come out. Have some courses for you guys in the future, all your students. And yeah, that's about all the news I can think of. But like I said before, it's our COVID special. And we got our co-host, Matthew Slotrick, over here. I'm ready to rock. And by the way, guys, those that listen to Spotify... When we mentioned, I don't want to even say what we mentioned because I don't want to get deleted. We got our episode deleted when we mentioned things that are a little bit on the outliers. And that's why we're going to create the side podcast to kind of talk shit about things that sometimes matter. And then we can't because technically freedom of speech has met its little wall with um, censorship of tech, right? Yeah. So and it's crazy because it's not the worst, but it's actually two episodes. Two episodes. And I wonder if that's the same thing if we talk about slow things. We should go back and take a listen. And because one of our earlier episodes got taken down, probably for some some controversial topics, and our recent COVID special also got taken down, probably for those exact same reasons. So I'm sure we mentioned yeah. something that was borderline offensive to people or borderline, you know, not what the news people want to tell you. People don't like the facts, and it's okay because we are here to deliver them. We're all about the facts. They actually call us a couple of facts and nurses on okay. the streets. Yep, one conversation at a time, right? So globally with what's happening, you got 15.2 million cases with 622,000 deaths worldwide. In America, we've approached 4 million cases with 145,000 deaths. And New York is still number one, but California's catching on very quick. There's only 20,000 difference. You got New York with 439,000. You have 302K deaths with that. Cali's at 413 with um, 7.8K deaths. Florida's at 379 with um, 5.3K deaths. And Texas is at 350,000 with 4.2K deaths. And that's where a lot of things are happening is that spike in it already climbed to four. It's very interesting because, like, now we're hearing that the southern states are going to hit Arizona, Texas, and all those. And we could tell, like, Florida, because they're moving up in the charts. But what's interesting to look, to look at is what if the infection rate or like the spread of the disease is the same between these states. Because remember, California closed on early, New York closed on early, Southern states, Florida, Arizona, Texas didn't close on at all, like it was for the most part. And look, they're basically right right where, right at the same spot, right? So did closing down things make a difference? I mean, we'll maybe know as time goes on, but right now it's looking like it didn't make a difference. Yeah. Because California's again hit the same rate as Florida and Texas. Yeah, right? and, Cal- and Cali never fully opened up, man. Mm-hmm. They were still barely getting parks open and things like that. And it looks like they're actually reclosing the states, mm-hmm. including California. Yeah, so like we had this debate a while back in episodes is we never had any control states where um, they just kind of didn't do any kind of measures. Well, this at least gives, gives us a different kind of data point. So this is comparing st- uh, states that closed down a lot versus states that closed down a, a minimum. So you know, now we have kind of two different variables here and it seems like it's all coming to the same conclusion. Yeah, and it's hard to get the death rate when we, like, try to find these numbers for you guys because when you Google 
the death rates, the mortality rates, like all you have is a graph climbing up on cases, you know, and people don't realize that we 100x the ability to test. Of course, there's going to be a rise in cases, right? That doesn't mean that death is getting as bad or we have these overcrowded hospitals, you know, maybe Texas outlier right now. Who the heck knows, right? Mm -hmm. I'm about to go check all their ICU beds in the state of Texas and let you guys know, to be Mm -hmm. honest, because they do release that kind of data. And it's hard to get the death rate, right? We found 3.6% at the moment death rate when you have a case. And we can't get... Yeah, it's across all ages too. All ages, yeah, 3.6%. But we can't get a number to find out is the death actually from COVID or is it freaking cancer and they died and it was, you know, clarified. And that was the issue too is, you know, the the way these death certificates are done is there's always... They're, you know, making it a COVID death, so... Mm -hmm. At the moment, 3.6%, I think it actually could be a lot lower with the way that we've been hearing the numbers are skewed, so... Yeah, most definitely. It's for sure a lot lower than 3 points. I'm not about a lot lower, but it's definitely lower than 3.6% because you guys hear what they're talking about is that these these COVID cases, these deaths are a little hyperinflated. But then you also got to take in the other viewpoint is that a lot of people are asymptomatic but do have COVID-19 and they're spreading it. You know, so there's two of those different kind of outliers that they, you could say, but... You guys have heard that someone gets into a car accident or they die of other causes and are COVID positive, they're going to blame out on the COVID-19 deaths, death, right? But, and also taking into consideration, like, most of these deaths are happening from that's above the age of 65, like, drastically compared to someone that's, like, below 55, below, even below 60, you know, as you get younger, your rate of infection and rate of, you know, death dramatically decreases. Yeah. And like on this episode, we're not only going to talk about COVID cases, we're going to talk about mortality rates that we found a study in 2017, a little bit of hand hygiene, and actually should schools reopen? I mean, it's a debate debate up, right? Um, and let's start with, you know, 2017. So we found a report from CDC, which shows all the registered deaths in that time. We can't get you any earlier statistics because it just takes a little bit of time to produce data. I could be bullshitting you at 2020 is, but... It's off CDC. I mean, Off CDC, yeah. And, of course, now we're like, shit, should we trust those institutions? But it is what it is. Yeah. Well, so, CDC is, is, is run by us. It's, it's our own, you know, um, own agency. Like, the World Health Organization is, of course, for the world. This is just geared towards the United States. Yeah, so accurate numbers because these are registered deaths. We had 2.8 million deaths in the United States in 2017. RIP. And we have the 15 leading causes of death. Number one was heart disease, which accounts for 23% of all the total deaths in the United States. It's a quarter. That's, 600, just, that's 650,000 people. Just that one thing alone. Just that's, that one thing alone. That's crazy. And then we have cancer. Those are like the top two. Cancer and heart disease is killing people. I think if you add the numbers, cancer and heart disease is responsible for 44% of all U.S. deaths. That's wild, dude. And the other, you know, eight are the rest of the 60%, right? Because it's 44. That's wild. That's like a lot of money and a lot of focus is put into that. But, you know, when you have something like, like COVID come up or something other, some kind of other disease that's, that's going on, you know, that kind of takes attention away from that. Yeah. And no matter if this disease is going to be, or this virus or this infection is going to be high mortality, is it, does it spread easily? It doesn't matter. It's going to be, and the front page of news. So a lot of focus can be put towards death compared to other, other things. Especially like now with like COVID-19, people don't do elective surgeries. You know, they try to push surgeries back, which might not, might not be the in the best interest for the patient. But guess what? You know, you might have to wait two weeks for your heart surgery. 
and you might not, not have that two weeks. Because even though we think you, you could last you know, a month, three months before the surgery, we still prefer to do it, do it now because we definitely don't know what's going to happen in a week. Like, who knows? You could step out of a car and get hit by a car, you know, yep. just because it, shit just happens. And that's the top three leading cause of death, which is unintentional injuries, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you look at the current deaths of COVID and you compare it to 2017, if we were to plug them in, COVID would be just the sixth leading cause of death. And I think that's less than like 2%, uh, roughly 2% of all the deaths if you look at the chart. So it's like, it's crazy how our attention is based on what's being put in front of us. And it's technically not that severe where we're having a whole economical shutdown. When you're looking at heart disease, you don't have all these doctors or you don't have people on doctors. You don't have people saying, hey, we should start exercising 60 minutes a day. Let's improve our saturated fat diets, like remove A, B, and C. That's not given to us. It's just like fear, fear, fear. And the spiel that we always give, you know, like this is the stuff that people need to hear about. You shouldn't be worried about heart disease and cancer because it's, you almost have a one in two chance of dying those two, yeah. technically, according to 2017. Yeah. Like it's a highest probability. Yeah, very true. Like Matt said, like if this was 2017, COVID-19 would be, you said six, right? And six, but... That'll be three, that's three years ago. So you also got to consider like the population size increase. So I wouldn't be surprised if it actually was like seventh or eighth compared to being six, which, which is still important because there's one of the 10 leading causes of, of, of death if we're taking 2017 numbers, but like it should not surpass um, like cardiac disease or different or certain cancers because those kill more people. You know, and those are like, those two themselves, just cancer and cardiac disease is 40, over 40% by itself. And then, you know, it's interesting, look at the, because um, we always talk about big pharma, big pharma, look at the, the industry that makes medical equipment. Mm. That money is put into those two. You got stents, you have all these freaking procedures that they make. I don't know how much a stent costs, but it's be interesting to find out. Mm. Like, there's industries that we're not aware of that produce billions of dollars that are probably funding lobbying and things like that that we're not even aware of. We did actually dive into in one of our episodes. We talked about the... Um, medical products industry and how it it was bigger or, or about to be bigger than a pharmaceutical companies. Because like medic, people talk shit a lot about pharmaceutical companies, like big pharma, but they don't talk about the medical equipment industry, dude. And you know, they upcharge for their stuff like a lot as well, you know? Look at, look at LVADs, man, because mm-hmm. heart disease is on there. Like how much does it cost to get a pa- patient with a fake heart, which is technically a pump circulating for you as the last treatment option like that's a there's money made there, and just man. because of that LVAD guess what you're gonna need certain medications to be on it right so not only does like the the medical industry profit from it but because of that device pharmaceutical companies profit off of it too because now you gotta be on Coumadin yep. so guess what hey if you're gonna LVAD guess what you're also gonna need to have lifelong, lifelong of Coumadin lifelong of labs lifelong of, of potentially healthcare you know your chances of going back to hospital are a lot more because of these things you know and it just it's like a giant giant rock this gets bigger and bigger you know when you push them down a hill it keeps adding adding like a snowball snowball effect where everyone just makes money off it just because it's one thing so like i'm that's probably why people don't talk about it very often because look how much people profit off it yeah doctors nurses hospitals pharmaceuticals and the medical equipment companies themselves yeah even looking so johnson and johnson and all these giant um a couple german lab companies they're working on the vaccine right like they said the first like 100 million or is it 200 million vaccines are going to be free in America. How often do you hear that 
we're going to be, be produced all these vaccines to save all these people, all in good intention. My ass, man. Mm. There's some there's some deals being done on the low. And also, if I'm a company that makes vaccines and I'm, I'm invested in it, right, I would prefer giving somebody the 100 million free vaccines. Why? Because then we're going to create a society where they're going to want to take vaccines for that reason. I'm not... I'm not against vac- vaccinations, but I'm, what I'm saying is there's going to be future industry in that of producing vaccines for whatever strains. And it's, it's going to become modernized, you know? Like, you could only sell a person a um, bicycle for the home. There's only so many people that will buy that. But when it comes to vaccines and you mandate on the government level, you got 300 million people in America to profit mm-hmm. off. Think about that. It's a lot of freaking money. And I'm sure there's a lot of lobbying for vaccines and everything that we just don't have the time to research, man. Yeah. You know, it's crazy how quickly the United States and the world mobilized on uh, COVID-19. Like, yeah, people were saying mobilization was kind of slow in the beginning, but that's going to happen with these new, new infections. But look at all this focus that governments are putting towards COVID-19. And that's only accounts for 3.6% of deaths so far. That's the mortality rate of it. So why can't we mobilize this heavily and this quickly against cardiac disease, which is accounting for 25% of deaths? Right? I mean, good point, man. You know, like, we'd be able to put this much money, hey, they already got a vaccine for this infection. Yep. You know, hey, how about you guys put some blame on the sugar industry, how they put sugar in everything and make everything taste better. And cause atherosclerosis. Exactly. Cause you the dopamine rush, and it feels good because it, I mean, it tastes good, and it feels good, and your brain gets a rush, dopamine, everyone's happy, everyone's satisfied, but then your health is taking, taking a hit. Your heart's taking a hit. Like, why is it so hard for that point to get across, but a disease that causes 3.6% mortality rate and especially in the older population, is getting this much this much attention. Like, how does it make any kind of sense? It doesn't make sense unless there is a... Profit for profit. profit. Yeah, there has to be yeah. profit because that's how our society is running. Look at these big industries. Like, I don't want to even mention what I want to mention because we're going to get damn deleted. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about the, the forced labor that's happening in Asia. I'm going to make it very broad. Like, there's companies that are like there's Nike, countries. Volkswagen, BMW that has factories in a country that produces all this gear and brand for us, yet they're using forced laborers, and that's okay. You know, we're here, hoo-ha, doing that, civil protests, but we have forced slavery happening in other parts of the world, and there's no focus on that. So It's crazy how that works. Like, America is one of the biggest consumers in the world, and, like, you, you, it's it's all where the tension is. Like, we get the most tension out of of majority countries. You know, because we're consumers, so we consume a lot of, a lot of goods that other countries manufacture. So all the money's coming out of us, basically, to these countries, and these countries don't really care about you know their workers or their people's rights as long as you know they're making some kind of money. And if it's gonna be cheaper to produce in America, well, guess what? America's gonna produce it. So these countries have to make things cheaper to produce in their country. In order to so they obviously gonna, are gonna you know do these forced labors. It's people go to extreme lengths to to build wealth. And especially if you're like a super poor country and you're one individual that just happens to be, to be wealthy, like you're going to take advantage of it because not everyone's, you know, has the correct morals or has the same intentions in mind. That's just how, you know, the world, world has been working for majority of its existence. I couldn't have said any better myself, man. We're going to wrap that section off. But that was really good. I'm going to give you a little pound there. Because, I mean, we're understanding the world, how it's running and it's, it's effed up. So those that are listening, food for thought, I don't think... On a big picture, there is people looking out for your best interest, unfortunately, yeah. like, to be honest, because it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, just like, I'm not going to even touch upon that. Let's go to hand hygiene. 
we're gonna save that for that podcast that loud when we live stream but yeah we're, these are the things that passion me about real shit you know like medic medicine i love and then there's stuff that's happening in the world that's messed up people aren't seeing it it's not getting the eyes and attention that it needs but other things are getting attention mm. and it's sometimes not for the best interest in mind you know what needs attention what hand hygiene needs some attention hand hygiene doesn't need attention and i think like we're nurses we deal with hand hygiene all the time guys like we have literally secret shoppers we call them in the hospital these are people that come in low-key no one knows that what they're doing but they're checking if you're washing your hands and they they find out what the percentages of units do hand hygiene and things like that and it's the leading cause of hospital acquired infections we'll call them h ais if you want to just to sure. shorten it up yeah but hand hygiene is probably the single one most important procedure performed in the hospital to prevent the spread of infection from you or from the patient and what do you know covid i think if we all did some hand hygiene man i think we could make um quite a bit of a difference if people just started caring a little bit more about what they touch don't touch your face i don't know put some freaking x's on your uh, palms every single time you see it you know not to touch your hand whatever works because that's how this you know virus is kind of technically spreading we, we're, we're having person-to-person contact if we're social distancing and droplets aren't interfering it's going to be that contact that we're getting from other people just yeah. hand hygiene a lot more hand hygiene i feel like like matt I mean, Matt has hit the nail on the head, but hand hygiene is the most crucial thing we can do in a hospital, yet is it is probably the biggest thing we could approve on in a hospital at the same time, right? Because literally, like, if you look at my hands, like, they're dry, not because I have genetic disposition to dry hands, it's because from all the hand sanitizers I used to use in the hospital. Yep. Like, you, your body just it builds to fight it and it just gets so, even just dries out your skin so bad, but you still have to do it so much, so... I mean, I'm not gonna lie, there's been times where, you know, I forgot to use hand hygiene, like, like it happens, uh, it shouldn't happen, but like I said, it's one of the most crucial things that we could do to prevent infection and to prevent the spread of infection, but yeah, it's the biggest thing that we could improve on. So I'm not sure in what way to improve it, it just, just basically to just be more mindful and actually feel like doing it just around the, around the room because you're busy, so you don't sanitize in or you don't sanitize out, because it, it literally only means a few seconds. Yeah. And sometimes we're ignorant to the fact of its importance. Yeah, and just to kind of give you guys an idea, healthcare-associated infections could be anything from a cauti, from a Foley catheter, bacteria, from a central line. You know, C. diff is one of those things in the hospital. Hand hygiene is the reason why most people die, you know? According to CDC, again, shout out to that center of disease, on every single year we have about 722,000 hospital-acquired infections. And... Hand hygiene is equivalent to 75,000 of those deaths with a 10.4% mortality rate. So I went on a website and they're trying to develop a, a program where it's like a Wi-Fi system that tracks who washes their hands in a hospital. I'm not for that because I don't want to be freaking controlled. I'll do my damn job. But they peer-reviewed 30 published studies and they looked at the association between hand hygiene and HAIs. Uh, what they found is that hand hygiene would be able to improve 45% of those deaths. And just to give you guys an idea of how much that exactly is, if you had a hospital with 100, 100 beds and every year you have 41 HAYs, HAIs, if you reduced, if you improved hand hygiene and that reduced that mortality of 45%, you would have 23 only HAIs in the hospital. And if you look at the mortality rate, that means two people would walk out to see their families 
per hospital per year yeah. out of a 100-bed ICU or a 100-bed hospital. It's Just pretty staggering. Yeah, it's pretty staggering. I'm not sure they can make the hand hygiene, like, more, um, like, more used. I guess the only thought I would really have to it is, is if you use your badge to badge some hand sanitizer, that way they could track how many times, you know, you've, you've badged a hand sanitizer machine. Well, that's what they'll do. This company has, is going to have a Wi-Fi chip on the badge. And you badge the and, machine? And every hand sanitizer is just going to have a detector. If you walk past it and it didn't, um, you didn't use it, it'll count that as a miss and it'll notify you on the badge. In order to prevent that miss, you have to go hand hygiene, right? Mm -hmm. But if you don't, you will be technically tracked and you, people mm -hmm. will know that you didn't perform hand hygiene. I think they should improve that by making it scannable. Like, it'll be more, like, you have to actually take your badge, touch it up against the, the um, hand sanitizer machine and have that come out. Because I feel like if you just, just walk by it, I feel like you might, you might get dinged sometimes. I would be annoyed if I had to do that, though. I mean, yeah, but you got to have some way to adhere to, some way to adhere to policy. And a lot of times the unit gets dinged, not the individual, right? True. So the fault is on the unit just because maybe it's the same individual that's not, not sanitizing and it kind of... The whole unit scores drops. Yeah, I mean, and you're just like, what the hell? Point. And you're just like, what the hell? Like, I sanitize all the time. Like, my hands are really dry for sanitizing. And doesn't, if someone's not gonna follow it and we're gonna get dinged for it, I'm not gonna sanitize either. Like, because you always got Susan freaking not hand sanitizing. Yeah, right? dude, Susie, dude, she's always lying about that, man. She never uses it. Like, that sanit her sanitizer, she gets these two same rooms, and that sanitizer has not been refilled. Yep. It's been two days. She ain't washing her hands. And I noticed her sink is dry, so she for mm -hmm. sure doesn't wash her hands. Yeah. Yeah, and her hands are nice and moist all the time. She doesn't carry lotion. Like, the conspiracy, dude. It's a conspiracy. Damn, Susan. Uh, we use Susan a lot. It's funny because when we were uh, recording that breast cancer video and we made that um, whiteboard drawing and we got the fake pair of uh, boobs, mm -hmm. her name was Susan, too. Susie. Susie. I wonder why. I should have... Susie is a moneymaker. <laughs> yeah, there's Waka Flocka song that... Uh, we're not going to go in depth. Yeah, but name should be. Susie, if you guys want to look it up, feel, feel free, but... It's a discussion for another, another yeah. day. It's another day. Another trending topic that we, we've been hearing a lot about is, you know, it is July and schools open up soon. So there's a huge debate whether schools should open or not. And that's a very important topic to talk about. And it's very controversial and no one really knows exactly what to do. Yeah, there's we, a lot of back and forth. I, um, just in Chicago, because this is where we are from, parents, uh, they're kind of against CPS, which is Chicago Public Schools, opening schools back up after Labor Day, because that's their goal. Mm. Um, and according to the numbers, which we'll go over, I think it doesn't sound like a bad idea. Like we need kids in school, not only to learn, but school offers different things that could be missing from being at home. And not only that, but you have a huge unemployment rate right now. You have parents that abuse drugs that could potentially abuse the child. You know, there's drug issues. The kid doesn't have to be at home for all that sometimes. Mm. You know, we say stay at home and we think everybody has an equal home, equal electricity and food. You know, sometimes kids are getting meals. They're getting their breakfast. They're getting, you know, the school lunches. They don't have that now. What if the the parents can't make, you know, an end to a uh, need to bring in bread on the table? Like, come on, guys. Like, I understand COVID's happening and everybody's freaking out, but like, let's go over to mortality rate, man. It doesn't seem to be affecting kids as much and we shouldn't be robbing them of their own education. Yeah. It, so yeah, there's, like I said, it's very debatable. We could, like Matt mentioned a few, like a really good point that school doesn't just provide education with like science, math, and English. It provides much more food counseling and all that stuff that Matt mentioned. And, but the one thing is that we haven't really figured out that why 
people or kids of younger age don't get COVID-19 as much. You know, we do not know that people that are above age 65 are a lot more susceptible to pneumonias. You know, they have a lot of comorbidities and that could be playing into the effect. But for younger kids, we just, we're just not really sure how, why they're getting affected less. Um, probably have better lung function and all that. So if you're someone younger, you obviously have a less, your obviously mortality rate is a lot lower than people that are older than you, you know? And like, it's crazy to think about, like kids don't get, like really get affected. So if you go over numbers, if you're under the age of one, your chance of getting you know, COVID-19 is less than 1%. It's actually 0.1%. 0.1. So you're more likely to die of pneumonia as a kid or ARDS as a kid, you know, or premature labor as, as a kid or even like shaking baby syndrome as a kid compared to COVID-19. Like same with when you're one. So basically when you're between the age of, of one to 24, you're lower than 2%. Your risk is lower than 2% of getting COVID-19. The highest is 15 to 24 year olds. That's me at 1.3%. And that's majority of people that get it or that die from it, those are the ones dying with other comorbidities. Like 89% of those, those kids die because they have diabetes or they have some kind of comorbidity associated with the COVID-19. It's not solely COVID-19 that's killing yeah. them. And even, even looking at one through four, 0.6%. Five through 14 years, 0.7%. Ages 15 to 24, we have 1.3%. So just looking at these numbers, if you want to be safe by 0.5%, okay, kids from elementary school should at least go. If you want to hold up colleges or do online, I respect that. I understand, you know, why we're trying to move to online. Hopefully people get their tuition reimbursed because that's not fair. But at least open up elementary schools, you know, kindergarten, one through eight, whatever it is that's, you know, according to these numbers and... We're stating facts here. Yeah, like you're, if you're below the age of 24 or 24 and younger, your chance of dying is higher in a car accident or in a drug overdose if you do drugs for the COVID-19. Yeah, not, not including like we didn't have time to look up like what are the, how often does, you know, child abuse happen in a household? What's, how prevalent is it? And what are your chances of getting abused and traumatized for the rest of your life compared to staying at home because there's a virus that could potentially kill me, which is at 0.6%. Yeah. yeah, and just like, like even with the health aspects, Bam mentioned a bunch of those, like think about the less social people are going, are going to be by not going to school. Yeah. You know, people at that age, you just, you know, socialize, they have to grow their personality, they have, they have to grow their peer group. Like, look, at my, look how hard that is, that is to do when you're stuck at home and you can't do anything. Like your neighbor, like if you're a young kid right now, and you're just started going outside by yourself, guess what? Like you might not see your neighbor for a while, depending on how their parents are. You know, your neighbors might be your strangers. And if your neighbors are your strangers, guess what? You don't really have any, any trust around you, right? And instead of a good neighborhood, it's gonna be a bad neighborhood because nobody knows each other. Nobody trusts each other. So it's just like, you know, with the whole Nazis, you know, everyone's scared of everybody because there's no trust there. Yeah. Like the trust with the government. Government's telling you, hey, no, trust us because we know what's going on. Not your neighbors, not nobody, but actually tell us what your neighbors are doing. We're interested in what your neighbors are doing because, you know, you trust us. You don't trust your neighbors. Yeah. And then like crazy shit could stop from this. Like you never know. I'm not saying that it's going to be like a Nazi Germany kind of regime taking over the United States, but like these little things can stem into big problems eventually in the future. Yeah. So. And it's, it's interesting because in Germany during that time, like they had a slogan and it was called, it's for your safety, mm. you know? and we're still using it now, it's for your safety. But if you look at like what kind of measures could be taken to have kids reopen, well, for first, we need, we're gonna- That's if you really feel like the measures have to be implemented. Yeah, exactly. But we should definitely budget up the money for these schools. I think they're requiring a lot more money than the government, the first stimulus check that was released. And 
we could social distance. I don't know if really kids need damn masks. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's... If you social distance them, make their tables more separate or something. So we're probably going to need smaller class sizes. We're going to need more staff. And we just have to, you know, figure out maybe temperature checkings, whatever they want to do. But just make it safe, you know. I don't know. Maybe one classroom could, you know, have um, at a time coming out or something like that. Just reinforce social distancing. And yeah, like one-way hallways or instead of the whole class moving, have the teachers, you know, switch rooms. Yeah. They got to work too if you really don't want a lot of... Um, you know, spread of disease, just have the teachers switch classrooms. Yeah, it's going to be a pain in the ass, but, you know, sometimes you just have to do shit. I would not want to be that kid, man. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was younger and we were switching classes, like, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Put my backpack together. We had, like, one minute to chit-chat, talk about some stuff that happened on TV, and we're going to be stuck in one, barely going to be able to stretch. It was, like, a mental break, too, you mm-hmm. know, in between. So you go to a class for, like, 45 minutes to, like, 50 minutes, and then you have, like, a four minutes to you know to get new books and chill in the hallway but that four minutes was like a nice little refresh yeah and like i guess this is very controversial too like should kids have recess technically still should they go to the gym and interact with kids during soccer or like different sports and if you think about it exercise which we don't talk about but exercise all that stuff sunlight immunity sunlight boosts immunity. I had the podcast where the virus is cut in half by half-life of like, what, 20 minutes exposure. So have these kids run around and boost their own immunity, man. This is how actually like our freaking infect immune system works, man. A little bit of dirt never hurt anybody technically. And you hear about it as a, you know, grown, uh, cause we we're raised in Poland. So we we're so familiar with that. And here we're lysoling a little, literally everything when our immune system kind of like works off that it yeah. needs, a supply of bacteria technically in a way yeah about eating dirt it might be an issue if you have pica like iron deficiency yeah man and you're eating dirt and uh, you, you know you're you can't eat a lot of dirt because you die and this is what's messed up that happens on the world like imagine if somebody goes and eats dirt and then um accuses us of like a couple nurses told this told me to eat some soil yeah. for you know well on joe rogan there's this guy that like really he's a he was a farmer and he drinks the same water as his cows do he really takes a cup and drinks that water. Interesting. Like once a day. And he says he hasn't been sick in years. Good for him, man. So I, I, don't, I wouldn't do it, dude. No way. That guy has a, has a gut of a of a cow, dude. Yeah, I'm good on that. And I'll pass too, but he does it, man. Like also with like school, especially colleges, like you pay these extreme amounts of tuition to live on campus to go learn with these professors, go to class. And now, now what? You got to do it remotely? You can do, do it from home? Yeah. So why would I want to pay 90K, 80K of tuition if I can't even go on campus? If I'm getting lectured at home and I got to eat, I gotta cook my own food, I got to figure out, you know, everything from home or remotely, why do I got to pay such high tuition costs if, I have, if I'm doing all the work and all the teacher has to do is just show up on a monitor? Yep. Like, you know, that probably wouldn't be fair either. Or a lot of those kids that, even like, like sports especially, like a lot of kids depend on sports. I mean, that's not always a good idea of going to college, but some, some kids are, are born pure athletes and they depend on college sports to continue to get you know drafted you know to get some kind of kind of reimbursement for their athletic work you know like the nfl draft the nba draft all that like people they have to have recruiters look at these these kids play and if they can't play guess what they might not have a future yep i, I hate how on the news they call it the new norm mm-hmm. can't be the new norm it shouldn't be it shouldn't be enforced and we shouldn't accept that i think it's like wrong in a way i mean let's you know flatten this curve with, with what's happening but yeah, and I'm looking at like an counter argument right now. I'm thinking of what to make up. Like, okay, well, what if the kid brings COVID home, right? Well, first of all, chances are low as we're seeing it. 
But if you are sick or you find yourself at risk or you have diabetes, just, I don't know, like it kind of would suck wearing a mask, I guess, at home with your child. I I think that would suck that you have to distance yourself from the child and you can't give them that affection too. There's like a hybrid of people that want to come to class, they know the risks, or, you know, don't fold up on campus, open at like 80% capacity or whatever capacity they deem fit, and then give people the option, hey, you could either come to class or you could go from your dorm or you could do it from your library or you could just stay at home. But if I have to stay at home, if I choose to stay at home, I want that lower tuition because I'm not going to pay that much if I don't have all the benefits of, of being on campus. Yeah, and I think some of our friends were actually emailing, you know, people in the universities and seeing what are they going to do about it. Because yeah. technically, if school's not operating at that same capacity, therefore, there's a smaller budget. So you, that should be reflecting off my tuition. I would definitely push for that. What if COVID-19 was a scheme to lower college tuition? Maybe some nasty ass shit. It'd be wild. Just when I got that upset about their college tuition. Yeah, that would be. And another cool, interesting thing that we're just, we're getting off topic here before we end, right? But like, my, I went to a dentist and they were talking to somebody and their, their dentist friend is attaching a COVID fee to their patients, which mm-hmm. which is like $9 for cleaning up. And like, the secretary made a point like, well, what are we doing differently? We're still wearing a mask. We're still wearing gloves. That didn't change. I lice my equipment anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people are finding loopholes and charging things. I think, like, if you go dine, there's a COVID cleaning fee as well. Oh, well, for a dining restaurant, I, I understand. That's, that's okay. They, they could charge me extra because they have to clean. But, like, a dentist, it's, like, first of all, when they're working with, the, like, the oral airway and secretions, they have standardized PPE. And that standard PPE is not different from whatever they're doing for COVID-19. Right. Maybe they might sanitize the room a little bit more, but that's not enough to, to charge somebody $9 a visit. That's ridiculous because imagine if, because I, I get charged $30 to visit my, my, my primary. And imagine if I had to pay $39. Like, that's, that's annoying as hell. I would have spent already like $40 extra just visiting him. Yep. Like, that's wild. Like, a dentist should not charge that because their PPE, normal PE, standard PPE, is the same thing that they're do, doing to prevent COVID. They're wearing the mask. They're wearing eye protection, right? What's our, what's our, they're not coming in, in an N95 or our PAPR. Check your teeth, are they? Nope. No, right? So where is this extra fee coming from? It just probably because they have to sanitize. They probably have to do one extra step, and they're upset, so they're just going to monetize it. Plus, it's a good way to make some money. Exactly, dude. Easy. Ten dollars a patient, you get 10 patients, 90 bucks. A day. That's like enough to pay the receptions that day. You know? Not even. If you get 12 patients, $10 an hour, that's reception, you get, reception, you get 10 bucks an hour. That's enough to pay for your receptionist. It's one free for employee, the basically, yeah. Good point, man. All right, guys. We'll wrap Watch it up. the clinic. So we talked about COVID, what's going on. We talked about 27 mortality rates compared to COVID. We talked about some hand hygiene. And should your kids go back to school? We don't have the correct answer. I think we nailed the nail. Yeah, you guys heard opinion. That's what we think about it. Exactly. Formula- let politics debate. Yeah, formulate your own. And don't forget, stay curious, guys. And think, think, think. And don't just listen to what's being said as truth. Formulate your own opinion because... We're individuals, and we thrive in that. Not not that um, groupthink mindset. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Chat See you Friday. soon. Peace out.